1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. The first ever time we have done this award, I believe, Best Domestique of the Year. We're going to, have to get into some definitional questions on that issue as well. What is a domestique? Who knows? I don't really know if it is defined anywhere accurately. This show, as always, is supported by our show partner, LaCole. More on them later. Here with Benji And as always. What is your understanding of a domestique? Benji being well-versed, obviously, in Antonio Nibali, the best domestique ever.
0: Yeah, of course, he's the legend. But looking at the definition of a domestique, I think a lot of people see it in the simplicity of riding at the front of a group or chasing down a group for other people. I think it goes beyond that. I think it's more the definition of a rider that is in the race, mainly for the purpose of having their leader of their team, improving their chances of winning. And I'm saying mainly because we have domestiques that start a race as a domestique, but by the end they're not a domestique because something happens. And we will talk about that a little bit further on because I'm gonna ask a random question to LR that is completely unprepared. So that's great. And um yeah, next to that, there's a lot of aspects to that. Because like I said, chasing groups riding at the front, that's one way of helping your leader when they're in a nifty situation, when they need to chase down a group or when they want to pressurize people that are in the same group but next to that i think a lot of people overlook for example a rider going in the breakaway let's say for example Hago did in women's preseason. she did that quite a lot in the early season a few races where she went in the breakaway together with some other teams to make sure that sd works had to work in the peloton their opposing team uh shabby as well yes very good uh notice there that's one of those riders that keeps on doing that and that is doing that solely for the purpose of reducing the competition of their leader that is sitting behind in the peloton with that opposing team that is uh well putting the effort in to try and cho- close down those those gaps but next to that there's also more simple tasks that they do you've got arashiro that for example gets a lot of bottles for his teammates and in a very spectacular way flying past the peloton with the bottles in his hand oh that's great um but yeah everything near that but it, there's also the aspect of reducing the weaknesses of a leader i think because like we talk about cobble stages in grand tours and we talk about a who not should look after oglich and certain cobble riders should look after this person and just guiding a leader in more comfortable situations or in more uncomfortable situations actually to give them more comfort echelons is the same thing so i said a lot of things do you think these applies to uh to a domestique or do you see other things
1: yeah, they the main domestique roles as well as, you know, the, the stereotypical is pacing, you know, in, in a mountain. That's the so-called super domestique. Ben, you mentioned the Mads Pedersen role for Richie Port, invaluable for him in the Tour de France 2020. They post a lot about that, actually, Pedersen guiding him around. I think I have to include leadout men here. It meets the definition of, of you know, and we're not going to do a separate lead-out man podcast, so it, it has to meet the definition uh, <laughs> for <laughs> housekeeping. So lead-out men have to count. If people delivering, doing a lead-out like Kuz for Roglic, you know, in like Vuelta well 2020, no, not Vuelta, well whenever. When Kuz leads out Roglic on a mountain, well, to me, that's the same as, as Michael Merku as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of different types of domestiques. There's guys who kind of do everything, who go unnoticed, I would say a lot, like Carlos Verona. Who you see his quality when he gets his own chance on the Alicante stage behind Stora, or in the attacking camera in the Catalonia break on to Mount Manresa, maybe. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a lot of different types of domestiques. There's it, it's tough because like Vanderbregen Benji, she was a great domestique as well, uh, but yeah. she largely. Oh, but we're, for the men's, we're going to stick to riders who largely were domestiques for the year. That was their role, rather than like yeah. Lopez, not really a domestique. Yeah, I get that, certainly. Okay. That's the definitioning done, uh, which maybe we're no closer to the actual answer. Before we get into our <laughs> list, mention our show partner, Lacole. Lacole are going back to the World Tour of Peloton next year. They have a three year technical kit partnership with Bora Hansgrove starting in twenty 20- 22 and they have the fastest skin suits and speed suits around we'll see that on the back of sam bennett next year if you want to check out any of LaCole's kit you can see it in the description below at www.lakol.cc thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast all right benji my best domestiques in no particular order i'm just going to scatter gun around and we'll see if i've missed any names jonas rickart Mirku, Castroviejo, Dylan Van Bala, Carlos Verona, Arashiro. Who else am I missing? I've got Martinez. Yes. I've got
0: a weakness for some domestiques, by the way. So I've got a <laughs> list of domestiques as well, including like a Martinez, also a Cus, And I think those two riders do have a, a weakness that is reducing them from the top spot of my best domestique list. But I've got very similar names. I also had the list of Castroviejo, Mercu, and, a. Uh, the Cleric being on here together with Arashiro. And then the question was, do we calculate Caruso as a domestique or not? But we've already basically said that that that's a rider that started as a domestique, but ended up being more than that and in the end basically uh, was a leader for the races he was riding. So in the end, I'm not really counting him as a domestique in my spectrum here. So uh, that's one that falls off. But two names that I'm asking you about is because we spoke about them at the early season because we were kind of on the edge of what we were expecting from them. Micah and Formolo, do you think that they delivered?
1: Yes, I look back at the Tour de France footage. I think in big moments they did. In big moments when I think of liege Baston Bastogne-Liège, Formolo made an important pull for to set up Tarek Pogaccia. Yeah. Castel, when Fidardo. Th- Castel Fidardo. as well. And then Tour de France stage eight. I went back and looked pre-Pogaccia's attack. Ineos have set it up and then Formolo drilled it on the front before Pagacha attacked. Then Micah was actually good third week from memory. Uh at least he was regularly last eight riders from memory, last eight to ten riders, which, you know, it's it's a good effort. So I, I'm actually less concerned by those sort of guys, Benji, as Pagacha's help on medium mountain, light like medium mountain or crosswind stages, frankly, where there was more problems with the team support. Um so even Soler and Bennett kind of fixed the don't fix the biggest problem I saw with that team, actually.
0: You think that the aspect that they had quite a few crashes at the start of the tour might lead to a Hiroshi or a Bjerg not being able to give their all on those stages? Perhaps that's an effect of it?
1: I just think, yeah, again, they got Lang and no Luke Rowe and Ian Stannard. That's... I just don't think they're as good as those guys. I mean they're young guys, but yeah, I just don't think they're they're as good in tricky situations. Or even as good as Pedersen. Like Pedersen, imagine him being your domestique in Crosswinds or Wampanat. These are these are yeah. top, top classics riders. Uh but going through there's another couple of names, Imanol Irviti for Movistar Loyal Domestique to them, as well as Jose jo- Joaquin Rojas. Rojas, very versatile. Uh and the thing I like about Irviti and Rojas Benji is and something that I really, really rate as important and it applies to Verona as well and Castroviejo, these guys can get over like really hard climbs, long climbs, unless they are done at nuclear GC pace and they can make it to the next valley and help generally speaking. And I think that is incredibly important in Grand Tours. We saw it in Catalonia uh, in the Caleia stage, Verona made it and we see it in the t- in the welter with Rojas as well, where do you sort of rate, what do you value as more important? A Martinez who can do a last pull on a final steep climb or a Castroviejo who is going to make it over the second last climb and then pace the valley to keep things under control for Bernal?
0: I've got Vejo slightly higher because while Martinez is indeed a better climber himself and is very good at motivating Bernal when he's uh, dropping off the back of the elite group, uh, he's also got a weakness, Martinez, and it's his descending. We've spoken about it quite a few times this season and it's something that is very notable. Castro has good descending. He's able to guide a squat or a leader in his wheel down a hill as well just like uphill he's able to set pace he was one of the better climbers in the Dauphiné last year by the way everybody keeps forgetting that Castro was climbing with the likes of the the big guns there and I was like okay this is crazy but this year we have not seen that nuclear performance on like the biggest climbs by Castro. but I feel like he's been a, a very strong consistent domestique on every terrain throughout that Giro and next to that he's able to do two Grand Tours in a row to also support in the Tour de France. Now obviously how a GC leader eventually completes a Grand Tour reflects on their domestiques a bit so the Giro for Castro automatically looks better because Bernal won compared to the Tour de France where Carapaz only podiumed while it's still a fantastic result for Carapaz as well. I'm like Automatically, the Giro just looks better for Castro. But uh, like to answer your question, I I agree that I see personally Castro somewhat higher than a Martinez, while a Martinez can indeed do that that crazy pull. And that's one of the examples you gave, that stage 20 at the Giro, uh, when Castro Viejo was able to get over that San Bernardino climb, and he was able to get over the next climb as well. And then after the second last climb, he was the one that was able to get back to the front as well. So they had to wait for martinez on the descent exactly (laughs) (laughs) so uh, that's one of those stages where you're like saying it's multiple mountains he can get over that when it's at gc pace probably going to get in trouble but he's also not the rider that when he gets dropped he's completely done for he can try and come back for a later stage then it also results in other terrains we've seen in in history of castro where he's also good in medium mountain terrain and also in somewhat hilly terrain i personally don't have an example in my head of like a very steep climb he got over and then supported so i can't tell you that but he's versatile that's what i'm trying to say and that's what we see with the most important domestiques in my eyes that they're versatile you've got domestiques like us who are very versatile throughout you've got domestiques that are very specialized in one thing and then we're looking at a murko in my eyes because while he's also able to help in other trains a tiny bit I feel like lead out is this thing, and the other things are just not really there. So, how would you rate uh, a lead out specialized domestique versus an all rounder versatile domestique in a different terrain? Who do you decide?
1: How do you decide who's better? I think this is something I've been grappling with. Who made the most marginal difference to World Tour wins? This year or wins this year was it Merku? Was it Viejo? Was it Dylan Van Baal? It has to be Merku, I think. I think Merku is my is my best domestique of the year because I think Ooh. he made the mo- the biggest marginal difference to race results this year. And frankly, who who would you put as the next best last man in world in the world tour? Is it Consani? Reluctant to give it to him. Not yeah. Rudy Gazelli it's he is so important and we saw he generated world tour wins with Bennett, Cavanish, Odge, like anyone behind him wins at a at a higher rate than they do otherwise and four world tour four tour de france stage wins not all of which he did a great a perfect job in but a lot he did. He has to be my biggest contributor to wins as a domestique this year. I think Castro Viejo, the one thing that stands out in my mind. Maybe his level was even better in the Tour de France. He made last. He was in the last five men on deden. He closed down Pagace's attack after Pagace attacked on Louvardon. He closed it down for Carapaz. Crazy. Um, so I think Castro is incredibly important as well. I have him as my second best domestique of the year. And someone, Benji. On speaking of Ineos, we focused a lot on Ineos, a rider we were lauding last year. He had 56 race days this year with no Grand Tours, which is all, he had a heavy load before the Tour. Rohan. Andre, Andre
0: Amador. Oh, okay. I could be that. <laughs> we would have chosen Rohan Dennis because last year, I think he was one of the better domestiques in the Giro, for example. But you're right, Amador, we haven't seen him in a while, have we? Like No Grand Tours. It's kind of sad. Like Amador was also the kind of rider that is also very similar in custody with the ability of doing very versatile things and also a – magnificent descender amador i've seen this this man flying through groups like it's crazy and that versatility was perhaps there but the level just wasn't there this year i think did he have an injury or i I just don't remember
1: him in races he he did and he wasn't as good. He did big races, Benji. He did UAE, Paranese, Basque, Romandie, Dauphiné. We watched all those races. Oh, no, Romandie, big races. Okay. I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch Romandie. <laughs> I, didn't, I made a pod about it. I didn't watch it. Um, I don't remember him standing out in those races. In fact, when I look at think about La Planet Dauphiné, I think of. I don't. Well, but, but in, do, in terms of domestiques, I think Verona, Rojas, Valverde, Erviti um yep. on on that climb leading it out. So I don't know what happened with Amador. Well, Dylan Van Baal, he just wasn't I mean he's he was a great domestique. I think he got I don't know if he was over raced this year or, or what, but he did two Olympics welter. He was more in an aggressive role at the Welter actually. Um and I remember in the tour he got in the break as a satellite rider on stage seven, which Benji sort of mentioned at the top of the podcast how it is part of a domestique's role to be able to get into breaks. Uh, as well but in terms of my I haven't, I haven't decided on my third best domestique of the year I think it's Verona actually because he just uh, all that stands out in my mind is the three trident leaders looking at him in the valley after the last climb in Catalonia and poor old Carlos Verona had to close down <laughs> the himself he does the work of three domestiques looking after those guys and yeah I think Verona's a really 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 good Good honesty. so they are my three Mercku Castro Verona is there any uh, any disagreement there Benji
0: I agree with your with you, with these riders deserving to be on those on the podium, and I think it's a very defendable take the ones you are uh, proposed I've got a I've got two of the three riders actually the same on the podium, but I've got one rider that is not, and I also don't have the same positions for the riders, so I guess we are uh, look at things differently now. But um, my third best rider is a rider we've barely mentioned, but he was one of my better domestiques in the past, and he's still one of those better domestiques still. But he's also specialized in a task. He's the one that starts riding at the start of the peloton at the start of a race and makes sure that the brake doesn't get away. And in other situations, he goes into breakaways, like in the uh, World Championships, for example, to try and, first of all, calm down Remco Evenepoel, And next to that, also try and pressurize teams in the back stuff like that try and put other people in trouble and that is tim de Klerk for me he's one of those riders that has zero shown interest at least in being a leader himself he doesn't use situations to his advantage and he always looks well he uses he uses situations to the advantage of his team and not to himself and that's great i remember that one race was it uh a 1.1 or 2.1 race, I don't know what it was, uh, a Belgian uh, one-day race where he and uh, Yves Lampard were attacking together and, yeah, some crazy stuff happened. And even in previous years, we've seen him do lots of crazy stuff. And I think Driedags de Ponne last year was pretty crazy as well, where he was in that attack where Vanderpool, then eventually... Uh, was it, did he fall, Flanderpool? I really recall, uh, recall him falling during a race last year and uh, that was in a, an echelon race with a group of five that was still left in the end. But yeah, we're talking about this year, of course, and I think Tim the cleric is still one of those riders. And it also builds into the aspect of getting your leader to the finish line when he's not exactly the best climber. And that's where Cavendish is uh, is definitely uh, an argument because the cleric was always by his side every single time that, the boy Cav was uh, dropping off the back of the peloton and was trying to finish in the green jersey in the Tour de France. And I think supporting your leader, just while you're suffering yourself, mentally supporting your leader at the back of the race is also something that is very difficult, I think. And we've heard Merku talk about it. And that is my second spot.
1: <laughs> That's why I gave points to Merku. Yeah. Because he, he, he's a master of it. That de Koenig squad needs credit for getting Cav through the time cuts.
0: Yeah, and additionally, I feel like Merku has an extra thing where he is able to adapt to the leader that he has. So, for example, in the situation that we just spoke about, being at the back of the race trying to get your leader to the finish line, we've got Cavendish, that according to Merku, is a harder person to motivate to get to the finish line because he's suffering and, as a consequence, complaining that he's suffering, and Merku has to adapt to that and try and motivate him to get him to the line. While he said that with other sprinters, like a Bennett, for example, that was less of a, the motivating was less necessary because that seemed to flow better, just like that. And then towards normal sprints, you see him adapt as well because we've seen situations where he literally mid-sprint changes what he's doing completely according to whether his sprinter is uh, able to follow him or whether his sprint is able to, uh, well, do what he's... thinking that the sprinter should be doing because we saw last year Bennett uh, lost the wheel of Merku for example and the second that he started trusting Merku in Merku's abilities it worked out better and better and I think Merku adapts at the end of sprints as well where he either needs to choose between bringing out the lead out versus bringing out uh, the sprinter or bringing the sprinter to the last 200 meters like in the last three kilometers he decides all this stuff and then places it perfectly and by the end of the race it's categorically a better chance of his sprinter winning than anyone else because he's able to adapt to the situation that his sprinters in in the, uh, in the sprint. Did that make sense at all, my explanation?
1: I think his favorite man to lead out is Bennett. I think Merku likes Bennett more than Cavendish, just completely I think so as well. subjective just based on the way he speaks about the various riders rad- and he seemed to like Bennett. I could probably just make that up. Viviani, he said as well that he literally didn't have to speak to Viviani. Is an I have a question. Page. Yes. So, a lot of
0: people talk about Merku when, when we start discussing the best sprinters in the world. People tend to sometimes name Merku as one of the best sprinters because he can't get second behind his main sprinter. He can't get second behind Cavendish in a sprint, in a, an intermediate sprint. Do you think that if you put Merku at the back of a train, he would be a good sprinter? My answer, no, because he won't have Merku as a lead out.
1: Uh, I think he can win World Tour races, yeah. He came second in a tour stage, fourth and third in UAE, um, fifth in Alsteden. On the, I think he could snag a world tour race. Uh, he he's not going to be. Yeah, I think he, his positioning is so good. I don't know, maybe maybe he doesn't have that snap, and he's more like a steady fifteen, twenty seconds, or maybe a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think he could win. But he's. That's family. His role. I, I'm always surprised that people don't. Be, I think he extended with De Koenig for another two years. Like, yeah. If you're paying Caleb bucket loads, and then it's like putting, a, getting a Ferrari and putting, putting cheap petrol in it, right? Like, what's? Yeah, you got to have the lead out, man. It's essential. But is there a difference between petrol? I didn't know that. <laughs> what do you mean? there's, there's like better quality petrol. Ben I didn't yours. know that. Benji obviously <laughs> doesn't have a supercar. Fake YouTuber. <laughs> um, yeah, another, I'm sorry. Yeah. One lead-out man I want to mention, and I'd I, I, be remiss not to mention, or two actually. Jonas thought was really good, and I remember him leading MVDP back to the group at paris Bay Sticks out in my mind. Another one is Marco Haller. He just took a three-year deal at Bora Grower. Poor guy, Dauphiné, was chasing with 58-kilo Butrago on the flats, chasing Bren Van Mood and Lucas Postelberger all day. He's a solid lead-out man. He can do also the Tim De Klerk style role. He's a good classics domestique. I think as an all-round domestique, he's really I really want to mention him there, as opposed to like a Nathan van Hoydonk. It's just like different quality, you know, between those sort of domestiques, Hala versus versus a Van Hoydonk. And I think that's why you see even Zeman's at Yumbo Vismas said like our classic support for Wout well, wasn't good enough. We had to reload with Laporte and Vandersander. But but Yumbo Benji, we haven't really mentioned any of their their riders, maybe we haven't, you haven't mentioned Coos. Why, why is Coos not sniffing your top three or five?
0: My Coos is in my top ten, certainly. I haven't really decided the position that he's in. But while he is there at very important moments throughout the year, he's also sometimes not there when it's a very important moment. He lacks consistency throughout a Grand Tour, for example, and therefore I can't 100% trust that he's going to be there on every situation that Roglic is going to need him. And we saw that, for example, in Formigal Vuelta last year, where the team was kind of falling apart right there. But in is this year, when something goes wrong, Roglic needs to have people that he can trust on that can try and prevent the situation that they are put in from becoming a time loss at the end of the stage. And on multiple multiple situations now in the last year, and we can even extend that to a year and a half, we've noticed that that is not the case there. And that's one of the reasons that I've got because outside of that top three and also next to that, that I've, in the same way, feel like he has similar qualities in being a good climber, but also similar downsides as Roglic in that chaotic situation when it goes wrong they are both in trouble and therefore they don't feel compatible with each other to be able to fix that situation you know
1: yeah i think just reliability is important and he doesn't have the reliability as a domestique to be the top top level of domestiques despite if you want to shred a group and reduce it to even like four guys three guys he can do that which is also that's still very, very important, but it's more on the on the defensive is he reliable I think of vontu or not even vontu on the aggressive vontu stage of the tour he wasn't there for Jonas he lost so much time and couldn't help fingerguard um who was on good form that day and this is something Dowsett mentioned Penji in his interview about how. Domestiques get judged, and you mentioned it with Castro. Giro. domestiques get judged based on whether their leaders are good enough to actually get the result. Luca Mez gets bike exchange. Is he a top tier domestique, and he just doesn't have the people behind him to finish it off? I mean, I think of a lot of the work he did this year, sixty six race days. He even got fourth in a fourth in the Champs Elysees sprint, fourth in of well to stage as well. Is Mesgetz actually could he is he a top quality last man? Should he
0: not be the sprinter? That <laughs> we've we've spoken about that yeah. the entire year when Matthews was failing to uh dive into the fast position in a sprint, and we noticed that throughout the year. And is that a question that we should ask? Yes, but then I saw a video by Bike Exchange on their YouTube or, or Twitter or whatever, where Mezget was simply saying in the camera, I want to do this work. And yeah i am um, it's hard to know whether he actually wants to do that or he's doing it for the content but in, in all honesty i um i think that he could be a sprinter if he wants to but when it comes to his uh, work for other people he is good on his day but i'm not sure whether i've analyzed his career or his year so far enough to be able to say that he's consistent or reliable for the long period of time i'm I'm not sure I can say whether he was reliable for the Velta unless I rewatched the Velta, to be honest.
1: Other riders who are sort of great in a breakaway with teammates, I want to give a shout out. And often, often I just remember one moment from a domestique, and maybe it's so <laughs> hard to know. It's so hard to know because sometimes their work is done off camera before mm-hmm. live coverage even starts. But Julian Bernard in a couple of stages of the Tour de France really impressed me in breaks with Molomar. Uh, doing some of the hard work there, establishing those breaks. Um, But, yeah, as I said, my list is Merku, Castraviejo, Verona, very honourable mentions being Dylan van Baal uh, and Haller uh, as well, producer. Have I missed any, many important names? Yeah, again, moments for Jens Kukalera, great moment. Lawson Craddock, great moment. Yep. I just not the consistency across the year and changing results like those those other guys. So what's your final domestique ranking, Benji?
0: I had the Cleric in Fad, Mirku in second, and Castro in first because Castro's able to perform that for two grand tours in a row. One of the strongest reliability performances throughout a grand tour for a leader, and he's almost always there when he needs to be there. And that's what you need from a domestique. And what do you think? about riders like in arashiro we've spoken about him quite a few times during i think it was the uh was it the velta or the tour? Yeah, Vuelta. tour Vuelta. okay where he was the rider that was doing well the shitty job is what spectators would say of getting balls every time but someone needs to do it and if you can do it in a in a way where you're literally helping your team throughout and it's not the only thing he did because then we saw that he was launching caruso in useless attacks and stages where. He is often judged on the way that Caruso was stupidly attacking to breakaways that are already kind of gone. And um, next to that, like he was also launching Landa in that one stage where he decided to abandon and not become the best domestique of the year award because he stepped out of the Velta. While still having the energy to go into a DD So, uh, Landa's not the best Domestique of the year, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> not even a good teammate. I mean, yeah, the world is an interesting one where you have someone like Gino Maida. Am I going to put him in my Domestique of the year categories? Like he, 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 he put Haig on the podium from stage 20 and pacing on Covadonga and Gamonotero when Haig was mm-hmm. getting dropped. But he's largely a leader correctly for the rest of the year. So, again, uh, not someone I, – I got a hot take, Benji. I think Tim de Klerk's overrated. Like, Ooh. yeah, I think his job is more replaceable than someone like Mercu, someone like Viejo. Finding a guy who can climb as well as Castro or Verona or as versatile as Haller or Van Baal who are willing to ride in that domestique role and be fully committed is more difficult to find at a decent price than a six foot five, six foot six guy who just wants to ride four hundred watts on the front all day because as I said, I mean he's good to clerk. I'm just saying I can't I could find I reckon you could find someone else to do that job on the front uh more easily. Falshide? Falshide. They might not be as good, but yeah, I think brake management can be taught. Uh Justin Wolf at bike aid. Uh, again, as I said, it might not be as good. I just don't think it's as important or determinative mm-hmm. of actually get winning that. races. I take. I've got
0: a question for you. Which team, in general, feels like they have the best Thomas Is Because we're talking about the Koenig having the likes of America when the clerk being high up. The clerk overrated in your eyes, but hey, okay. And then Ineos has Castro and Martinez. You think that there's a team out there that you're just performing better domestique wise, or do you think that it's just certain riders on certain teams?
1: I mean, Ineos generally can get guys generally, unless it's for Carapaz, can get someone of the quality <laughs> of a Piedcock, Pidcock Sivakov. We haven't mentioned Puccio. Should mention him. Yeah, certainly. Um, to ride as domestiques or or Martinez. Martinez literally won the at EF last year and you know, wrote his Domestique for Bernal this year, although I I still think he was holding something back on those pools to maintain his own GC position. But um, I I think Ineos get a good, get guys to work his domestiques well, except they sell Carapaz out every year and they just send you an absolute shit show with him. Like the the support for Carapaz at the tour was a disgrace. And And it was in the Vuelta 2020 as well. And I hope at the Giro next year, if he goes, he should go. He gets uh, decent support. So uh, it depends. I mean, Thomas and Port as Domestique's just not there. I mean, Port is okay for Thomas, but will he ride his Domestique for Carapaz? I don't know. I mean, Carapaz is the guy at Catalonia who wrote his Domestique for those guys. No problem. Full commitment for Yates, Port, and Thomas. And he didn't really did see Would he do it at the Vuelta for internet. Brunel? Would he do it at
0: the Vuelta? Did he do it at the Vuelta for Bernal? Because of, I re- recall us judging him based on his domestic performance up at the Vuelta.
1: True, true. But I'm giving him a completely – he DNF'd. He just won the Olympics, okay. got sent in bad shape to the Vuelta. Again, the Vuelta, they had – yeah, like it was interesting. They sent Pidcock when he wasn't in great shape. and Carapaz, I mean, if I was Carapaz, I'm not – fuck no, I'm not going to – <laughs> work for three weeks after the support he had at the Tour de France. Like, no way. Uh, but, yeah, interesting to see what will happen with Ineos uh, next year. Who do you think has the best domestiques? Because Jumbo, Kreuzweich was actually okay in the Vuelta. Jumbo, it's Hersink, Kreuzweich, Kuss. It's all right, but not maybe the top top. UAE are maybe a little bit underrated, but I still don't think you are great. I don't know. It's pretty balanced across the board.
0: Yeah, I think if we if we saw Jumbo at their full force during the Tour de France, I think we would have had a different idea of certain riders, perhaps cause would have shown more consistency there because he technically his Velta was the second Grand Tour that he did, you know? So um perhaps if that was the Tour de France that his main goal was on paper at the start of the season, perhaps his form there would have given him more consistency. And perhaps without Fanad, we would have seen more as a domestique as well, because I don't know, would he have been chained fully if Roglic stayed on his bike? That's a question we <laughs> don't know the answer to. But I do know that based on what we've seen from Raul Venat in the last Tour de France, he can be one of the better domestiques in the world. Because he's very versatile on different terrains, much like uh, Castor Viejo we saw it last year in the Tour de France. During that Porte Ballet stage, one of the strongest climbers there, mondegoal also climbing towards the end. And... He's able to do that in all different terrains. Was it stage 19 or tw- 19 it was Uh last year where they had the uh stage with Plateau de Gliere and so forth where he came, was it fat? So all that stuff is is helpful. And he's got the TT also to be able to support just like Castro does. So I think the problem there is that Fanat has won more races and therefore he is much harder to chain than a Castro Viejo. when talking about chains, you think that Cuiat would deserve a top 10 place if the Tour de France looked better, or was his Thomas performance at the Tour de France not good enough?
1: I mean, he did the lead out on Vontu for Carapaz that didn't really go anywhere. Liege and Flesh, he was prominent. He, and Amstel Gold Race, he was making the group with Pidcock at Amstel. He's a top domestique, has to be an honourable mention. He did seem to take a step back this year, but was that more in a, like was it in Strade, did he do a good job for Bernal? Maybe he's just taken a step back in terms of his own results, particularly Polonia was quite disappointing. And that's influencing my perception of his ability as a domestique, which largely was still very good, still well above average as a domestique. Um, yeah. By the way,
0: um, montalcino Ghana is one I forgot to talk about. He was very prominent there, very active also on the uh, plateau echelon mid-mountain event that we had in the Giro. I don't know what to call it at this point, mountain echelons. (laughs) But uh, he was also very active there. And I think throughout the stages as well, he was spacing. But what he has not shown me, Ghana this year, and we saw it last year a bit more on the stage that Dennis went haywire, stage 19 of uh, the Giro d'Italia last year where they were on the Stelvio, Ganna was riding quite a bit at the start of that Stelvio. And throughout the middle, Dennis was taking over and totally uh, killing everybody except his two leaders, or actually perhaps if he climbed harder, he might've dropped them. But um, looking at it this year, did we expect more from Ganna in climbing based on that Stelvio performance? Or do you expect that to change into a situation where he can take up a role like Dennis did last year at the Giro, or is that too much for him?
1: No, he can't climb like Dennis. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm interested to see his program next year, actually, Ganna. But I think Ganna can be good. I saw at UAE this year, I, I liked what I saw keeping Yates safe into the last three Ks of the sprint stages. I think that's something evidently he has the power to do so I'd like to see Ganna doing that role in the Tour de France actually and maybe Luke Rowe doesn't go to the Tour next year but then there's crosswinds and it's technical, so you might want Rowe but yeah Ganna I think can develop into a more broader domestique where he can protect in the last up to the last 3k mark and pass there which is so important you know you might have a leader who can do 0.15 watts per kilo more over 30 minutes and Therefore, we'll gain twelve to fifteen seconds on a climb or whatever. But if they're going to crash out on a stand, oh, you know, they got if they've got a five percent risk of crashing every sprint mm-hmm. stage, that's a problem. And Ganner, Rowe, etc., do a, Ineos do a much better job of that than Jumbo-Visma. Like that's a basic GC, except for Adam Yates, but that's the Adam Yates problem um, in my view. And that's a basic <laughs> thing that Ineos get right, and Jumbo don't, and Pagacha kind of just. I don't know, he just looks after himself <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, yeah, Ghana can do that. Climbing, though, don't see it. Uh, I'm really interested to see how the Giro and Tour starts go next year regarding regarding Ghana uh, as well and, and and everybody. I just can't wait for the racing next year. But I'm sure people will have honorable mentions that we've not included. They'll not agree with our, our top three domestiques, in male cycling across the year, any final thoughts on on Benji, and who you think will really step up to maybe be top tier, either mountain, lead out, etc. Uh, next year, I think Haller for Bennett is going to get noticed a lot.
0: I hope he does because I I do uh, kind of like what Haller is doing, and next to that, I want to see what Freila does for Ineos next season after his transfer. Um, the problem with Freila and Anaramburu, for example, is that they have been domestiques we've seen fraila do stuff in the sense aramburu do stuff in the sense on climbs but the problem is that their leader was never good enough in the races that they did it so they've not been able to get that respect that another leader perhaps would have well eventually ruled for them for example if they do the work that they do for roglic during that Itzulia stage for example instead of Izaguire, then their performance looks more credited because the team that came out on top in that stage was not Astana and as a consequence people credit Yumbo a lot for the work that happened in that two-stage stage to split up the group they
1: didn't do anything
0: <laughs> and Astana was the group that uh, the team that did it so that's the aspect there that i'm curious what these riders will do in other teams i'm curious what a rider like Fraile will do in Ineos and that's also an aspect of the Domestic on one end, needing to be on one end, it needs to fill the issues that a leader has, and on the other end, it needs to make sure that their strengths are not too strong for their leader. For example, Thrylo went haywire on a descent, went crazy on a descent, and Lopez wrote into a sign as a consequence. So <laughs> that's an yeah. example oh, of non compatible.
1: Sorry, what Narvaez did nine watts per kilo for a minute and dropped Adam Yates on uh, the Cullera stage of the Vuelta and stuffed yeah. Bernal. He pulled way too hard. So that's a problem. Fraile is the Moscon replacement. I think pretty uh, – that seems to, how I'm reading it, and I think he'll be very, very, very good over there. As a final question, is
0: Moscon now at Astana or will he domestique for the one and only legend? Sharkunibali.
1: <laughs> you have to let Mosk on hunt stages this the or next year. Like, <laughs> Betty Old better be freed as well. So, Mosk on a uh, different team, obviously, but the stages suit those type of guys. And sorry, sorry, Vincenzo, but
0: Aww.
1: he can be a satellite rider. And oh, I just happened to get five minutes left. rider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a satellite rider. Oops, I won the stage. Sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> Can't <laughs> <laughs> kind of like we doing it at the Dauphin, finish I'm two minutes ahead. Um, so, yeah, Moscon should be free, uh, I would say. And that surely, surely is part of the reason. Maybe Ineos didn't want to re-sign him, but, um, yeah, that's part of the reason he went to Astana, one would think. Uh, but, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to see next year. I love watching the Domestique Watch. Can you just see? I think Koo's to be honest. It's still going for like stage hunting leadership and then occasionally we'll do like hard pulls at the end of back end of a grand tour. But yeah, domestiques are important. Teammates often undervalued and we hope you enjoyed this podcast dedicated to the domestiques. Let us know your top three lists of domestiques this year as well as most memorable or important domestique performance in terms of race changing results. Minus Castro, Giro Stage 20. I can't forget it. It's more important than what martinez did in terms of saving time for banal against caruso and yeah the best domestiques were the people who watch lrcp and support our content i appreciate it all right we're gonna end on that note like the video down below <laughs> and we'll see you in the next one ciao
0: one truly hydrated skin mitosia's body care breakthrough hyaluronic body serum